This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit and chat with Lachlan from DZ Death Rays and it's a glorious chat. I recorded this one super early in the UK and it was super late in Sydney where Lachlan was but that didn't stop us talking about a whole host of amazing records. Before we get rolling on that chat, a few thank yous. Firstly, and a big thanks, and I don't thank her enough, um, is Em. Um, Because M has sorted me out um, through her company, her PR company. She has sorted me out so many amazing guests over the years. And it was was M that um, arranged for me to get a conversation in place with Chuck D at the very start of lockdown. <clears throat> and I can't thank her enough because for, for for long-time listeners of this show, you'll see a trajectory um, of, of of how many guests I got on, how much things changed for my podcast after I got to chat to Chuck D. Because I was I was just hitting people up uh, on Instagram, trying to sort of you know blag interviews and, and and trying to make it it work, and I still do a lot of that. Um, but after M sorted me out uh, that interview with Chuck D. All of a sudden, it seemed to sort of pop up on the radar of other um, PR agencies and management and and things like that. And I, I was then started to get added to to lists of these these companies and and having guests suggested to me. Um, and that all comes down to to M's generosity of of taking a chance uh, on on this podcast. So big love to M. Thank you. Love always to Mr. Scroobius Pip and uh, and the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, big thank yous to the team at the Blue Murder Club podcast. Uh, it's a wonderful true crime podcast. Go check it out. Um, they they produce this podcast, so so big thanks to them. <clears throat> I've got one of them little niggles in the back of my throat that I know at some point in this intro I'm going to have to do a big cough. So bear with me. Um, and big thanks to you for continuing to support uh, and get behind this podcast. Um, if you want to get behind it any more, it's simple. Head over to patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track. And when you're over there, you can watch a little video. It's for free. Just watch the video of me sitting in my shed a few years ago at the beginning of the lockdown telling you what, what you can get for your $1. And if you can afford that, 
that one dollar or that 79 pence then you get access to watch all of these episodes um you get access to a back catalogue of hundreds of hundreds of episodes video episodes radio shows uh weekly content going up all the time playlists um and you get invited along to the off the beaten track monthly live hangout which is wonderful where we just get lots of really kind like-minded music fans and uh, and we sit and we discuss you know one of the questions that we ask on the podcast or we we, we pick another little subject and it's a completely non-judgy non-indie elitist chat it's just really fun uh it can obviously we talk about some ridiculously embarrassing records that we've bought over the years and it's just a really lovely hangout and have a little look through the back catalogue and you'll find a couple that I've put up and give them a listen. And we'd love to have more of you come along to that. And uh, and that all comes within your, your 79 pence a month, which goes in the pot to help keep me putting out two free episodes every week. Um, and it helps cover the costs of, of, of doing that. And uh, other than that, in the show notes, there's a thing called Buy Me A Coffee. Um, I'm a big coffee fan, so you can go over there and click a thing and buy us a coffee. Um, or alternatively, there is a cost of living crisis going on at the moment. And uh, and so with that in mind, the best ways you can help me um, if pennies are tight uh, is just give us a subscribe or leave a comment. Um, yeah, just give us a, a, a share or a retweet on the socials or just, yeah, or just nudge a pal and say, go and check out this podcast from this lispy old guy from Essex that gets overexcited talking about music with... Um, with super cool pop stars and uh, and actors and DJs. Uh, and with that in mind, go check out that back catalogue um, because I have been so blessed to uh, to have had conversations with uh, the aforementioned Chuck D. Um, I mentioned Butch Vig on this one and my chat with Butch. Um, and uh, we discuss Interpol. Um, my chat with Daniel Kessler's uh, available on the back catalogue. And uh, um, yeah, kind of block party go check out my chat with russell lissack that was one i think that was episode number two um way back when i was super nervous if you want to hear a ridiculously nervous me listen to episode one where i'm actually chatting to one of my best mates scroobius pip but it's bizarre why am i nervous chatting to my mate pip that um I, that i chat to every day but i was just super nervous doing the first ever episode of this podcast but hopefully you've seen me sort of grow a little bit in confidence uh over the the 500 plus episodes and uh and go and get stuck into that that back catalogue. Like I say, close to 500 episodes now. Go get involved wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to them for free. I've added another one to that list, and you're about to hear it now. Please enjoy today's episode of Off the Beaten Track Podcast with Lachlan from DZ Death Rays. It's Off the Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Lachlan, how are you today? Um, I'm feeling a little bit crook, but I think I'm, I'm on the mend. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, look, I'm going to try and make this as an enjoyable experience to uh, lift you from your crookness, mate. So, um, Yeah, that's good. Where, where, whereabouts are you today? I'm in uh, Sydney. Lovely, lovely. So it's late for yeah. you. It's early for us. So let's make this uh, a, re- a really nice pleasant chilled conversation it was nice <laughs> and easy i'm gonna be gentle with you i'm gonna start always mm-hmm. with the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro please um i what what came to mind first was um smells like teen spirit mm-hmm. that just like as soon as you hear that just that one down like you know it you know 
Yeah. And then when it kicks in, it just like annihilates you. The drum fill right into the big riff. It's, uh, um, yeah, it's just like hard I'll, to do that. It's, it's, absolutely. I um, I was really lucky <laughs> uh, about two years ago. I got to interview Butch Vig on here. And uh, mm. I, and he he chose this uh, as, as the intro. Uh, and I thought, well, why wouldn't you? You produced this. And I went, tell me what mm. that was like, you know, that moment. And he, he described that intro that you've just said there. As when them drums come in, it felt like the studio was crashing down on top of everyone. He said it was just a fucking assault of just a, just this barrage mm. of noise. And if I'm right, I, I mean, I, obviously I didn't say this to him, but from what I gather, like in hindsight, I think Kurt wasn't overly thrilled with the the production on uh, Nevermind. Mm. I believe. I think he thought it was a little bit too. She, you know, too much sheen on it and a bit too pop. I think he preferred the sort of Albini sound. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Heard that? I think I, I think I've read about that. Yeah, a bit too polished, but it sounds amazing. Yeah, you I'm know, absolutely amazing. And that, <laughs> it, even as an album, it doesn't. It could come out tomorrow, and it still sounds as mm. fresh as it did in in ninety one. Yeah. It's incredible record, incredible. Mm. Luckily, when you're making music and you're it's essentially I want to talk about the intro now because mm-hmm. the, the the music industry is a fiercely competitive place and everybody's vying for listens on these playlists on Spotify and are all trying you know, trying to get ahead of the crowd and, and get you know, get into people's ears. These things like, you know, that kind of current trends in how people, you know the younger generations are consuming music via things like TikTok and these Spotify playlists and having to you know trying to hook you within sort of 5 seconds does any of that filter through into your creative process um me, me personally I try not to let that kind of thing affect the song but I I understand it is important but like the other guys are more like oh we need like you know make it crack on a bit quicker. Whereas like, I, I like a good long song, you know? So we try and meet halfway every now and then, but like, for instance, on the, the first track on the the album coming out, it's like a long drawn out intro, which I wrote because I just wanted like a big slow build up with like a lot of hand claps and stuff. And I was like, it really works. But like, yeah, I'm not really into the, the short pop stuff, you know? Mm. It, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for, for that question. I, I do think mm. it is you're you're right it is more the commercial pop end of the market that are sort of trying to do these two minute scientifically put together pop moments yeah. do you know what i mean that mm. and and i think that the problem with things like that can be that if you're going for this kind of fashionable trend in 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 music it doesn't live very long and i think you know we've no. just we've just yeah. discussed nirvana and it's that style isn't it that outlives the fashion mm. To go a flash in the pan, so to speak. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm going to take. Um, yeah. Yep. Sorry, so we got a little bit of a delay there. That was no. All. Go, no, go, 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 go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you. Um, I'm going to take you back a little bit now. And I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Um, it's got to be um, a Radiohead song uh, from OK Computer, Exit Music. Because oh. um, growing up, I was actually pretty lucky to be surrounded by good music, whereas like my dad would play a lot of like 
you know, Frank Zappa, King Crimson, um, PJ Harvey, Nick Cave and stuff. Whereas my older brother would introduce me to like Nirvana, Sonic Youth and stuff like that. So, and, and Radiohead. So I was quite lucky to be like, oh, what's this? And, you know, to the point where it took me a while to actually discover a band on my own. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was kind of thrown at me, you know, and I was all great. As- aside from the... I mean, you, you've just listed a, a, a hell of a lot of incredible bands to be brought up, you know, surrounded by. Um, aside from that record collection at home, was was there instruments laying about? Was it a musical house? Um, my brother played guitar and drums, and my dad, not so much, but my uh, grandpa played, like, clarinet and saxophone and stuff like that. So there was always music being played because my dad just loved it, Yeah, which I think helped, like, grow my taste for, you know, playing music and whatnot. And was growing up in Sydney? No, I grew up in Melbourne, like right. in the eastern suburbs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fond memories of growing up there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had three three brothers. Um, started playing gigs when I was like in high school, which yeah. is pretty funny. Um, my dad would drive me in and be my roadie and then wait around till, you know, 1am and drive us home. <laughs> it was very... Um, Fortunate to have such a supportive dad who was just into it as much as I was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the impact and pinpoint the actual emotion that you got from hearing Exit Music. And how old would you have been when you you got introduced to Radiohead? Uh, I would have been like... I don't know, seven or eight. Fucking hell. That's intense <laughs> yeah. music. For an yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's pretty ridiculous, hey? <laughs> Hence, for like, you know, obviously I wasn't quite all like understanding of it, but I knew that it was like, okay, it doesn't always have to be heavy, loud, you know, rock kind of music. It can be like pretty, you know. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, now that I think about it, that's, it is crazy that I was um, that age <laughs> listening yeah. to these kind of bands. It's uh, it, it's that that's that's also my favourite track on OK Computer. I I, I it is, mm. it's just a kind of echo on it, and then when them sort of are they like a kettle drum? I don't know what the, the sort of big drum is that that sort of rolls in that that chorus that just creeps creeps up on you and like mm. it's it's so claustrophobic sounding that record. It is <laughs> it's a powerful bit of music, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and the the strings coming at the end, yeah. and it's like, how do you write something <laughs> so dark and and beautiful? You know. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. You mentioned school, so let's uh, let's discuss that. So for track three, uh, Lachlan, I'm going to ask you please to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I went to like a senior high school, like that focused on music as well as like sports, but I was the, into the music crowd. But I remember having a, um, a disc win that I would play on the way to school. It took me like half an hour or 40 minutes to get to school from where I was. And I would always play um, Faith No More, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime. And just like, it would, I'd get home just as the record would finish. And it was just like, that whole album is like such an amazing album. But yeah, one of the particular songs is like Digging the Grave. It's just like so insane, you know, like Mike Patton. It's just like an absolute crazy genius but like yeah and like all the riffs on that album it's just like wow this is 
crazy and it's so dynamic as well like there's like a funk on it you know but um yeah i just remembered always popping that in my little discman and hoping it wouldn't skip because all the scratches on the disc you know yeah and the things with discman you had to sort of literally hold it flat as well like otherwise yeah. it would it wasn't a convenient bit of kit to carry around they they did have their like anti-skip button but yeah. it just never worked and yeah, you'd try to put it in your pocket but it would just no, and you're like, oh, like an idiot walking around this giant thing. These days, it's like your phone, you know. Absolutely. I mean, let's... Like kids don't realise how lucky they've got it these days, mate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, let's just talk about the genius that he's that he's faith no more and 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 Mike Patton. I mean, you you talk about crazy genius. I mean, you've only got to listen to you know Mr. Bungle and stuff like that to realise that he's de- you know crazy. Mm-hmm. He's definitely an integral part of that man. Um. But yep. I, I, I honestly believe that he is, I mean, we, we've just spoke about radio and Tom York's got a, such a unique and an and incredible voice, but Mike Patton's voice is ridiculous. Mm. It's so good. It's yeah. so powerful. And, and digging, he can go from like, you know, if you look at it, even if you sort of go back to sort of Angel Dust and stuff like that, or even, you know, stuff like Epic, you know, where he can just bark mm. it and then he can just hit this huge notes this huge melody his voice has got such range and and one of the most incredible frontmen. i mean I, I saw faith a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's better help H E L P. More in ninety uh, three, maybe. I've Ooh, not seen many lucky. bands. I've, I've not seen. I'm, I'm well old, so yeah. Um, I was uh, <laughs> I was lucky to have seen them back then, and I don't think I'm hard pushed to find bands that that have ever topped Mike Patton's performance live at that point. It mm. was absolutely insane. I saw him perform with uh, Tomahawk. Yeah. Have you heard much of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, seeing him just like do his thing and it's like so much energy in that yeah. that person, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so impressive. That's why like I see you see things like that and you go, man, I need to try and get that much energy. Like it, I'll be happy if I can get half of that energy <laughs> in, at my show, you know. Absolutely. Tell me, 
tell me a little about school. How was it? Did you enjoy it? Um, it was good. Like once when I was up into year 10 to 12, that's when I went to the music kind of focused school and actually had like a recording studio there. So I would just spend all my time, most of my time in the recording studio, like jamming and drumming and, you know, just messing around. And then I would do more of that than the actual schoolwork. So I think that turned out okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it full time now. So, you know. And I didn't, I didn't really go on to study that further at like university or anything because I thought I didn't really need to do that to be able to write songs. I feel like the less I knew, the better for me, you know. Was there, any ever, was there ever any sort of question as to what you wanted to do when you finished school? Was music always the focus? I think, I think it was always a focus even from a young age, you know, my Mum and dad would give me like a little tiny electrode like drum pad when I was like maybe five or something and then like a toy guitar. So there's always stuff laying around the house. So like my brother would get a guitar and I'd like, you know, grab that and try and learn how to do it. So, yeah, it was always kind of in the back of my head. And growing up in, 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 in you know, going to, was you Melbourne when you was at school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Out, out in the suburbs, yeah. Did it seem... Did it seem like living there at that point that you could make a career in music or did you, did it ever sort of, you know, I know when I speak to lots of guests in the UK, they always feel the desire that to kind of have success in music. They they felt the, the need to have to relocate to London. You know, did it ever feel like you needed to sort of move to Sydney, you know, to pursue music? Did it feel like there was more of a scene there? And like what, what inspirations were there in, in, in Melbourne for you as a musician as well that, that made you think, yeah, we can do this? Um, I never actually never thought that far ahead to say, oh, I want to, I can, I can actually do this. But I know that other guys, Shane and Cy, they actually relocated to Berlin a while, a few, like years ago. And they tried to do that whole, you know, move to Europe kind of thing and base themselves there. But like, just, just too hard, you know. I think it might be a little bit easier to make it in Australia because we're such a smaller country over a, huge space like if you think of like perth you only need to think about a few good bands there that kind of blow up in perth and and that gets the overseas market interested because it's like oh what are these bands doing over in perth whereas like in melbourne and sydney there's just so many bands it's hard to kind of stand out a bit yeah yeah tell me the first record you remember buying from a record store Okay, uh, I've got a, a good story about this. Wonderful. You might like it. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a festival in, in Australia. There's a festival called Big Day Out, and I think it was 2004, and um, Metallica headlined, and I went there. I would have been, I don't know, in high school still. I went there. It's like, you know, Kings of Leon, The Strokes, all these great bands at the time that are now huge. And then I, you know, I went home, and then I saw this video clip on TV. It was... um. Hysteria by Muse. And I was like, oh, this band's amazing. And then I found out like later on that they actually played that festival and I just didn't see them. So that was one of the first records I bought was um, Absolution. But then I bought all the other ones as well because I just kind of like became obsessed because they were one of the first bands that I actually discovered on my own. Yeah. So they kind of have a little special place in my heart, you know. And I was just blown away by all the riffs that they have and like the production on that album as well. And 
they'll blow you Crazy. away live. They're huge. Yeah, they're, I've seen them like twice. It's just, I was insane, like, how do three people it? make? Yeah, so impressive. And I was like, man, I, I wish we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, I, I saw them very early on, and uh, in the mm. UK, and and. And I remember th- when they first come out with that, f- with the first record, you're hearing like Muscle Museum and, and, and Sunburn and stuff. And I was like, ah, it sounds a bit radio Eddie. And like, and, and mm. I think sort of initially, like, even some of the British sort of music press were like, ah, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, they're just another one of these bands that wants to be radio Ed. And then I think they dropped the second record and they're like, oh, hang on a minute. This, this band's different yep. level. And then they've just gone on to create their own, their own sound, really. Like, they've, you know, they're, no one mm. really sounds like Muse, do they? There's, it's like it's absolute balls out rock, but it's kind of quite proggy as well. It's like it's all over the place, and obviously with that yeah. falsetto yeah, vocal yeah. as well. It's a, it's a crazy sound. <laughs> mm. And then like out of nowhere, crazy piano solos and yeah. you know dub. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's really great because like we like you see bands like that, and it's like we don't want to be stuck in one you know genre, so we try and just do explore with every album and just do different things each time which is i think kind of healthy i mean you, you you've mentioned so many bands like you know if, if we you know to look at right early on you said your dad was you know playing your sort of nick cave records and and then you've just been speaking about mike Patton, and now we're talking about muse like these are <laughs> all absolutely iconic front men of bands you know like a such performance you know the drama in what nick cave does the power in what you know Patton does and and you know just the theatrics and 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 just bombasticness of, of muse like how much kind of do you draw from that for your sort of performances and and, and what you do as a band um I, yeah try and make every show high energy regardless of the show yeah you know because the people that are there, they paid to see you, so you have to, you know, give them a hundred and ten percent, as they say. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's always important to just, you know, in, unleash your inner mic pattern and go a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> always, always. Mm. I want to know what song for track five soundtracked your years clubbing. Okay. I know I listed a few bands here because um, when I started gigging, I was just kind of out of high school. So I was going to the the clubs and playing clubs like that. Um, and then it was like the era of like Interpol, Block Party, Strokes, Hives, and yeah, yeah Yeahs. But um, yeah, if I had to pick one that kind of stood out, maybe uh, like New York, like NYC by Interpol. Oh. Real slow, like New, New York Cares. It's tough. I was like, there's, I can't. Took me a while to kind of just go. Okay, I'll just pick that one. But um, yeah, such a great band, such and uh, I managed to see band. them around that time. And they're like, you know, they were just killing it. Was that when they started? And it was like C- such an Carlos. amazing gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw um, Block Party when they just put out um, a weekend in the city, and they were like just at the top of their game. And it was just like crazy, so amazing. Yeah, it's great to see. That was an incredible time um, for for alternative music. That you know, all of the stuff that was happening in New York with like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and LCD Sound System and and and, and Interpol, and and like you say, then there was just the energy of I kind of it was a little bit sort of post Strokes, really, wasn't it? And you know, but you would get mm. you know the, the the hives. I mean, I literally saw saw the video to the new Hive single um, last week, and you, oh, it's amazing, isn't it's it? So good, isn't it? <laughs> 
It's so good. Yeah. Um, uh, what a band. That's another great front man too. Oh, yeah. my God. Ridiculous. So cool as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, unstoppable. Uh, um, I mean, t- tell me a little bit about, is, is your sort of love of Interpol something that's, you know, that, that's moved on beyond, uh, you know, Bright Lights, the first the, the first record is, you know, have they become a, a, a band that you're always intrigued as to what they're going to put out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been listening since that, that album. It's always yeah. good to kind of reference certain sounds and, you know, stuff they come up with. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, just because a person left the band doesn't mean that, you know, <laughs> their songwriting is going to get too terrible. <laughs> a- a- absolutely. I think Daniel's an incredibly underrated guitar player. I, I, I think mm. he, his guitar style's phenomenal. And, uh, and I was selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I was lucky to, to interview him a few years ago um, during lockdown about their, 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 the record they were just about to put out. And completely unbeknown to me, he was born in the UK, grew up in the UK. I just presumed mm. he was this super cool New Yorker, but, uh, <laughs> but no, grew up on the outskirts of London listening to the jam. I was like, but, wow, I did not know that. <clears throat> but yeah. For some reason, I thought he was um, French. <laughs> he, he lives in, I think he lives in France now. Um, okay. But yeah, grew up kind of, I, I think he's a bit nomadic, but, uh, mm. but yeah. But no, you're not taking that from but, him, um, man. He, we, we, we're claiming him now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my, my dad was um, born in the UK, so you can claim him too. Fantastic. We'll have him as well. <laughs> but, uh, the best but, one. Um, also, um, go on. Sorry. Sorry. No, go on. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> um, Paul, Paul, Paul Banks' voice oh. is like, there's nothing else like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, got to... I, I can't think of any other band that has that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I saw them, I've seen them a fair few times, and I saw them a little while ago supporting The Cure 
um, in Hyde Park in 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 London, and you, you do you just forget. I mean, they 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 closed with not even Jow and his voice on mm. that. Fucking hell, what a record that is as well. Like, yeah, it's weird seeing them. They were on in the afternoon, and it's like it feels like when you see Interpol, it's got to be dark. And it was quite weird. It's yeah, in a yeah. sunny afternoon. It was it was one of the hottest mm-hmm. days of the year. And uh, and that and that was like I said, of supporting the cure. That was not the right weather for uh, a load of aging goths going out <laughs> to watch the cure. They all just looked like <laughs> melted candles. It was uh, <laughs> it was the wrong weather for uh, a big goffy all day. Uh, but uh, but Interpol took the roof mm. off. Absolutely. Um, right. Goths in the sun. <laughs> That's a great name for <laughs> a record. Work. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that can be their live album. <laughs> like, then tell me uh, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Um, it's got to be uh, a song from Amel and the Sniffers, yeah. who have just taken over the world, um, Guided by Angels. I, like, there's a few songs on that album that are really good, but that one kind of stood out for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a band. bit like... And, Speaking of um, front people, you know, Amy Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Absolute amazing performer. I would say potentially the most exciting front person on the planet right now. Mm. Have you seen them? I haven't seen them live, no. Um, obviously, I've seen loads of footage of them playing live and uh, fantastic mm. band. I think that's another band that you want to see in like a dirty nightclub, yeah. you know, just to get the vibe. You know, sweat and beer everywhere. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you see, like, footage of them overseas doing, like, festivals in, in the day. And it's like, oh, I mean, it doesn't really translate to what they're, you know, yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. She'd done a track with Sleaf of Mods, uh, who, which I don't know if you've heard that. And uh, they're, they're super exciting UK band at the moment. Mm. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's just, I, I think... Anything she seems to be on at the moment just seems to sort of set, certainly set the indie press on fire. I think she's, uh, there's a lot of attention and love for her and the band, of course. Um, yeah, um, she also did a song with uh, Viagra Boys too. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Another good one. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Absolutely. I was like, oh man, just doing all this cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. So what's happening sort of scene-wise in, 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 in you know, I know you're in Sydney now. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, does it feel that like because in in the UK it's, it's really hard to kind of I mean like I'm a 50 year old man so I'm probably not down with the kids but um, I do run a venue and 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 I try and sort of keep my finger on the pulse of like you know scenes that are happening but it feels that in the UK that it's, it's certainly very tough for bands to get exposure. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying about the sort of influx of of these, you know, of of trying to get ahead of the game and getting noticed on these like playlists and things like that. And it it certainly feels like the industry, the working class bands aren't really can't afford to be working class bands anymore. And it's you know it's it's bands like and I know you know I know you mentioned them earlier, but bands like Muse that have have, have come from financially secure backgrounds that can afford to mm-hmm. you know gig hard and, and and not have to worry about getting jobs and things like that as they're they're coming through yeah what's the scene like in 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 sydney for 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 young and exciting bands does it feel that like there's still huge desire and and an encouragement for aspiring working class bands 
Um, yeah, but it's also very hard here, in, not even in Sydney, like all of Australia. Like, as you said, like, how do you write music while working nine to five, you know, five days a week? It's just like pretty hard to do. But um, we've got it. We recently had a, got a new um, prime minister and government that actually care about the arts. Um, so we actually have an arts minister now as opposed to having one that was kind of blended into three different random things. Yeah. So hopefully we see a bit more like grant and funding for upcoming artists yeah. so they can go overseas and stuff like that. Um, there's actually another um, group called Sounds Australia who um, they like their whole thing is like export. So they will um, host of gigs during um, the Great Escape and things like that, like South by Southwest and like help bands come over and showcase them. So we've got things like that, but like the average musician doesn't really get that much help. So it's kind of a bit of a struggle, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, my, my brother uh, lives in um, Australia and he's he runs a, a, a live venue and he's... he's um, he uh, run, he whereabouts? Run, he's called the Hoey Moey. Uh, oh, we're actually playing there next week. Are you doing the, are you doing the Aldea? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're playing next next Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My 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 brother Dan runs that. And uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. So That's say hello man. to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, he's you know he's constantly sending me uh, exciting sort of young Aussie bands over. So check this one out. Check this one out. And uh, we just sort of play sort of band mm-hmm. tennis, just sort of firing them uh, back back and forth. Oh, that's fantastic! You're playing his venue. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are the what are the odds, eh? Oh, that's pretty crazy, that yeah, um, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Oh, well, look, I tell you what, it's it's your last track, and, and for that, uh, Lachlan, I'm going to ask you, please, uh, to to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Okay, it's a, a band from Newcastle in Australia, not UK, uh, called Dust, and the song is called Gutter. Um, they're kind of like a post-punky. Uh, kind of idle style band, but they have a sax- saxophone player. So I remember seeing them live a few weeks ago, and like in between songs, he would just let it rip and like heaps of reverb on the sax, and you f- felt like you're in like a weird kind of sci-fi 80s action film, you know, having the sax blaring while everyone's kind of like it says shit together, and they just go back into another song. It's really cool. Oh, D-U-S-T, dust. <laughs> well, actually, we make it really easy for people to go and check that out because we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so we'll put all your, your song, oh, cool. all your song choices on there and, and all the songs that we've spoken about on, on today's chat and obviously um, we'll put your music on there as well and so with that in mind <laughs> what's happening with the band what's going on apart from playing the Howie Maui next weekend what's happening oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're actually releasing an album tomorrow uh, called R-I-F-F which stands for Remember It's For Fun which is a little uh, um, system we use when we're on the road when the show looks like it's going to um, be a bit shit. We just go, all right, we're going to use the riff system and just have fun with it, get drunk or whatever. And it actually has saved us a few times. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good system to use. Um, that comes out tomorrow. And then we have an Australia tour from like the end of July till September. And hopefully we can make it back to the UK and EU because it's been far too long. Yeah. So we'll try and hook that up maybe late this year, next year. Fantastic. And yeah, that's it. And then get to writing again. We want to put out some more music by the end of the year. So we'll see what happens. And if people want to keep up to speed with everything that's going on with the band, where's the best place? 
uh, dzdeathrays.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can just follow our socials like Instagram, Facebook. Cool. Yeah, all the usual places. Lovely. If it's all right with you, we'll we'll tag you in this uh, when it comes out. So if people aren't following yeah. you already, then uh, we make it nice and easy for them. To no, great. So. Wonderful. Awesome. Lachlan, best of luck with the record. Um, enjoy the tour. Say hello to my little brother for me and, uh, and have a wonderful day. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. Okay. There you go. Oh, bless him. He was a poorly boy. He was a bit crook. And... Uh, and uh, and he still stayed up late to to have that chat. Um, so so much love to to him. If you're in Australia, get yourself down to Howie Maui and uh, and watch him smash it up. Um, I'm in on stage, not not my brother's venue. That'd be weird. Um, and uh, and yeah, if you're in Oz, go check them out uh, on on their uh, upcoming tour. Um, for those of us that aren't uh, able to see them at the moment. We can enjoy the new record because it's out now. So go get uh, involved in that. Thanks again uh, to M for facilitating that interview. Thanks to you lot for listening. Um, I aim to sort of keep pushing these two, three episodes out each week. And uh, and the fact that you seem to be enjoying listening, you know, it's uh, it, it makes it a really, really lovely, lovely little thing that I do each week. So, um, yeah, thank you for your ongoing support. And, uh, yeah. Go get stuck into that back catalogue now. Like I say, close to 500 episodes, all to be enjoyed for free. I'll be back next time. Anything you need to know about this podcast, hit the website, offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>